What is up, my fellow humans and mutants? My name is Kyle. I'm with Danny. We are talking X-Men once again this week on Podcast of X. And we are moving on to X-Force. Now, last week we talked... The last issue we talked uh, Excalibur, right? Yes. I believe we ended Excalibur, yeah. Yeah, and we got we got a little mystical, we got a little magical, we got to see a little bit of change in what uh, the uh, Captain Britain is now. We see that uh, we see that that mantle has been passed. We see that Jamie Braddock has been consumed by the evil that is. Morgan Le Fay. <laughs> she has taken his soul and bound him to her will in a, a very strange to- twist for his character, but I'm excited to see where they go with that. Yeah, that should be interesting. Um, but this week we are talking X Force. Now, I'm excited. Uh, X Force has always been uh, a favorite of mine when it comes to X Men in general. How about yourself? Uh, yeah, the older stuff of X-Force was definitely my favorite. The earlier stuff with uh, what was it, Ryfield, Ryfield and uh, Simonson was working on, Louis Simonson. Yes. Like, I mean, the stories were good enough, but the the imagery was not up to snuff as like the later things would be. I, I was more a fan of like the, the X-Force with, like, oh gosh, with Kyle Yost, easily. That was probably the peak X-Force for me. I mean, Rick Remender was good, too. He, he also has I like yeah. Remender. Yeah, that, those were like the two good like writers when it came to well, at least my not the good ones. I mean, those were the two of my favorite writers when it came to X Force. A lot of the people who wrote on X Force did some good stuff, but after those guys, it didn't seem like it really held my interest. I just remember looking into it and coming across one of the issues and being like, "Wow, this is a very metal X Men issue." Like they they get into yeah. some violent stuff on this. This is like no holds bar kind of Tarantino level of like intensity. It was okay, a surprise. It wasn't very much like that. I mean, they had like hardcore concepts in the older X Force issues that were done with the Simonson and Liefeld, but they weren't really on the level of like uh, everything is is on is either on the floor dead or standing and covered in blood. <laughs> like, it was kind of like how how they brought the end of every issue. It was just like, well, we did our job. Everyone died. <laughs> X Force. <laughs> Volume one. <laughs> That's the yes. time. I can live with that. But yeah, it's exciting to like see that they're they're still kind of doing the X Force line, and that this issue actually kind of has a lot of that feeling that the older uh, Kalio stuff was uh, kind of putting forth. A very just sure. in art style, yeah, and in like theme and like in uh, character uh, design and portrayal. We got uh, Joshua Kasara and Dean White uh, working them. Uh, Working them pencils and working them ink and paints on this issue. And we got Benjamin Percy writing. Now I'm, not, now, I'm not familiar with Percy. Are, are you nope. uh, familiar with any of his works? Nope. Not at all. This is this is new territory for me as well when it comes okay. to Benjamin Percy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Exciting. But are you, are you ready? Ready to kick off X-Force issue number one. Let's do it. Let's dive into this. Let's dive this is a doozy into this. Now, I will point out the the yes. issue uh, cover is yeah. that that is a very um, more older X Force field. Now that kind of has that whole like team up like with Cable, and you would see the other members like that's because sure. the like I guess you would say like the Craig Kyle and the Christopher Yo stuff that that was always a very dark cover, and it would usually be like one or two members or like. A few members posing behind them and in like there'd be like this really just like dark brooding vibe i do like that they're going with a more a less like a less uh i guess you could say adult approach with these covers they're not trying to make it too like look at this it's x-force we're super gritty like they're not trying to be tongue-in-cheek about it no so it's already subverting my expectations i'm going into this like all right i don't know really what to expect and that's cool i I enjoy that so far right yeah very stoic Mm mm-hmm um, but we start off with this sort of uh, council, 
and they're doing this uh, kind of like blood ritual. And I guess it's like to put up this psionic shield over this area to ensure privacy, right? Is that what's going well? It's on? also they're they're checking for the exiting. So like they're now these people are strange. I I'm not really sure who they are specifically, but right. I have my thoughts. Due to their design and their character portrayal, they kind yes. of have the Leper Queen because okay. they wear that mask, and she was a part of a group I believe that was called the sapien league or friends of humanity it was like one of those two they're both both of those groups are very similar and like how they work and they kind of have this style of like secret society and like they dress kind of like this they have the mask like she specifically had a mask like that and was very anti-mutant due to because like her daughter was born a mutant and her power was like uh, i guess uh fire in some way and she burnt down Uh the house and in the process of burning down the house she killed herself and and the leopard queen like burnt her face so that's why she wears the mask like kind of like jason almost Gotcha. And I'm that's not... the vibe I feel, though. Uh-huh. Maybe that's what it is. That could be the twist. Like, uh, we find out that, that these people are, like, the continuation of one of those societies. Yeah, I'm getting very, very Court of Valves vibes from this, from this group as well. Oh, definitely. That is totally... That is... Oh, you're right. That is actually totally the feel here. Like, it's almost like their ver- the Marvel version of the Court of Valves. Yeah. <laughs> the strange human society. And um, essentially, they're taking uh, blood from everyone. And yeah, they're trying to measure, like, if you have the X gene as, like, kind of yeah, a, a vetting process. Exactly. They're kind of going through everyone. And they're met with, uh, they, uh, they're met with Domino, um, which is interesting. And they kind of... Uh, Hold her down, force her down. She's wearing a mask, right? Uh, visually, well, she's trying to blend con- in and like try to infiltrate. It seems like yeah. at first you're not sure who this person really is, and like they're kind right. of they're kind of like uh, being a, a little bit of a use of sub- subterfuge here. And I feel that using Domino in this way is kind of an interesting uh, way to introduce her to the the greater. Powers of X and House of X storyline that's been built here. It's like, what has Domino been doing in all this, and what role does she play in like the whole Krakoan society? And her being doing espionage is like, especially to X Force, like she's OG out of everyone that's going to be in this issue. That's an X Force related character. She is the most OG of them all. Yeah, for sure. Because she's original, like life filled introduction. Uh, her and I believe Fabian Nasia created her. I think so, or Louise Simonson, one of the two. But I know X Force like spun out of like New Mutants and some and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, this is this is weird because you're not sure who this is. But when the glove comes off, you see that pale white skin she has, and she kind of makes like a little hint about like luck and talks about luck, and that's how you know it's Domino because who else has luck powers? I mean, that's yeah. like a really that's one mutant. There is no other mutant that has luck powers, from what I know. I mean, Douglas can, like, read probabilities in people by, like, understanding body language and stuff, but that's not luck. That's, like, him willing that. Um, yeah. But they kind of, uh, after they kind of throw her down, cover point with blood, son. Give me your blood. Give me your blood. Um, kind of creepy, you know. That's not my kink. That's not my fetish. Is that your fetish? <laughs> it definitely looks. It does look kind of intense. Where <laughs> everyone's just going around like cutting each other and pouring blood <laughs> on like little dishes and like it's very weird, creepy secret society kind of motif going on in here. But yeah, she she turns it around real quick and like kind of has to play her hand because they're starting to realize that she hasn't given blood yet and i mean her not actually committing to the whole thing is suspicious right away when everyone was just like yeah let's pour our blood all over everything so instantly she's like well i'm about to use these luck powers and she just starts stabbing people <laughs> <laughs> look at my luck really? it's on full display for you i have the, I have the lucky ability to use this knife and find flesh Smart to make her someone involved in espionage because she'll get lucky. Always. Yeah. Yeah, she'll like uh, she'll manage to turn the corner right before the guard finds her, or, like the the lock to a cell or something will fall, like, and she'll catch it perfectly. Like, all these weird, like, 
cliches will will get her out of any like dumb like situation. Like picture picture like James Bond tied down to like a tray or a table and they got that laser coming up like really slow and he's like I, you want me to talk and it's like no I expect you to die but then like really slowly like she would be able to do like some sort of luck thing and just like throw out a quarter and reflect like the lasers to like just hit the the bracelets that lock her down <laughs> <She> kept... <laughs> like yeah, every every James Bond trope couldn't couldn't never stop her like it would fall on her knees instantly but here it seems like her luck kind of runs out because she may fuck up a bunch of people and flip some tables and mess some things up. But the big dude that sta- that she stabbed in the hand right off the bat with the knife still in it just grabs her and, like, freaking whips her to the ground. Yep. Decimates her. Looks like right through a table. Like, this is turning to, like, in some WWF shit right here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Grounds crumbled everything. Right through that table. Like, oh, man. Her back looks like it got thrashed. You just see that look of anguish on her face where she's like, oh, no, I might be paralyzed. <laughs> like, luckily enough, she's not. Any other person would probably be paralyzed right now. <laughs> uh, yeah. How's your spine? Yeah. And that's how we're introduced to Domino. We're just and like, that's... oh, this is Domino, by the way. Yes, that's how we're introduced to Domino. Because and... our mask is thrown back at this point. Yeah. In the series. First introduction. Yes, Exactly. I don't even remember seeing her in like side panels or like background characters and no. any of the powers and house stuff. No. Yeah. So this is like full on like her her first foyer just in in physical appearance. Now, Denny, did you know mutants around the world are flocking to the island of island nation of Krakoa for safety, security, and to be part of the first mutant society. However, and that's slime and healthcare. Don't forget that. Oh yeah, this is like uh, this is Krakoan care right here, man. Um, however, a new nation means new enemies, Danny. True. New enemies. New and villains. This, yes, yes, and that's 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 how we start our issue of X Force. Now we move to Krakoa, the island of Krakoa. You know, not the person of Krakoa, the island. I mean, <laughs> the island what, person, <laughs> the island person thing. Yeah. What, what, what gender pronoun do you think Krakoa identifies as? I would say, I would say Krakoa is mutant and proud. <laughs> <laughs> and proud. Oh, oh God. Uh, no, I would just say Krakoa is just a, is one of those really weird exceptions to also being a mutant. If, if Warlock can be a mutant, so can Krakoa. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll allow it. Sure. Um, and uh, Beast is hanging out. He's walking around. He's he's by a creek. He's observing things. He's going, ooh, ah, fascinating. Wow. Ooh. And he is attacked. Instantly attacked. Or what would you describe that as? Surprise, like a... Uh, Man, bear, pig type thing. Maybe, no, bear pig without the man. There's no man. It's just bear pig. It's just bear pig. Just bear pig. pig too. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. It is, it's kind of got a bit of like, <laughs> like it's kind of stout and shapely like a pig, but it's got yeah. the fur and claws and like kind of snout of a bear a little bit. It's yep. weird. Like a yeah. bear and a pig claws to the snout. So bizarre. I, I like that throughout all of the X Men comics, there's almost always these weird amalgamation like creatures that get created yeah. to fight the x-men or like they have to deal with that are always these weird just abstract like of other animals yeah these chimera type yes that you very see. chimera yeah almost always chimera like yeah yeah um and it's this this beast is taking over beast yeah yeah he's, that... he's stopping him it's surprising <laughs> i was Expect I, I guess he caught him off guard but i mean like beast seemed to was about to get his like clock clean by this thing he looks like oh he yeah was, he didn't. He didn't really. He didn't really seem to put up too much of like, a, oh, you're fucking with me on beast. It was more of like, oh no, this is running my face. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but luckily, we have uh, Logan just hanging out in the background, and he comes and saves Beast. He snicks his way through the situation. <laughs> Off the hill, just snick, snick. Yeah. <laughs> they both got their own schnick. I like that. Like the individuals instead of yeah. like greater one defining them both. <laughs> yeah, each one has to have their own snick. It's uh, a mandate. Marvel mandate. 
I like Wolverine's fourth wall that kind of exists uh, in, in like a juxtaposition to him. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even know about it, but it's always there. Yeah. He's kind of chilling with him. Yeah. <laughs> and the beast, uh, it uh, it goes off. It wanders off. And um, uh, Wolverine helps Beast up. And they're, they're talking. They're talking about predators, essentially. And uh, they're talking about how this shouldn't, be, there shouldn't be any threats on Krakoa. Um, and uh, for the most part, it's pointing out to the audience that there is a security flaw on Krakoa. I there think is... he highlights the best part here as the fact that like all, all environments in nature develop natural predators of their own due to their existence throughout time through things yeah. like evolution. Yes, and, and he's kind of touching on like a greater concept of like how the mutants fit in the rest of the world as well. So this like whole idea of Krakoa being this paradise is almost like a fallacy in a way. Like it's 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 doomed to have this kind of issue no matter what, no matter how safe they feel. Because the safer you feel, as Wolverine like hints on, that's when you're at your weakest and that's when you're most vulnerable. And that's essentially what happened to Beast here. Like why he got kind of like I guess that's that's why he got stomped on because he was like too vulnerable because he felt so safe he felt yeah. like he was a kid in a candy store and now all of a sudden reality is coming in I like how it's highlighted too as they're talking about the predator and you see that weird bird creature eating that butterfly <laughs> right there's yeah. always a predator and I'm like I don't even know what the fuck that is <laughs> right <laughs> there's a weird shit growing on this island I would be scared too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and Wolverine, yeah, that's what Wolverine says. He's like, when you're when you're safe, you're soft. And he has his back turned beast while he's saying this. <laughs> so brooding. Right. <laughs> and then we cut to the uh, security system of Krakoa. Uh, the green bonded alarm system. This external nervous system transmits and translates plant intelligence to neural intelligence with the host. The host being Cassidy. The breakout superstar of the freaking series. Yes. Black Tom. Motherfucker. My man, Black Tom Cassidy. What is your experience with Black Tom Cassidy in the comics? Brother of Banshee. Right. Um, uh, friend of Juggernaut. Friend of Juggernaut, you know. And um, uh, empower of Shillelaghs. I think that's really that's, that's that's Black Tom in a nutshell up until this point. <laughs> <laughs> now we hit 2019, and 2019 give a lot of love to Black Tom. A lot of yeah. He's, oh yeah. He's been elevated in a way. Oh, the shit he says in this in this issue. Oh my goodness. I was like, oh, Black Tom, we need more of you. I love that you're like the the guardian of Krakoa. I love this role you're playing in like Mutantum. Like, please, let's get more of this. I want to see. I, I want to see when he really pops off because we get him. We get a little bit. We get a little like pre pop, but not a full pop. Right. We're still yeah. due for a full Black Tom like pop off. I'm excited to see something. Yeah. Like him just because he has control of like the whole like he can monitor he's monitoring everything right now. So according to this, he has like aquatic detectors and atmospheric detectors. So he can detect anything coming through the atmosphere. He can detect anything coming from the sea. Using although, plankton, fucking yeah. seaweed and plankton. He's using that as like a kind of like sonar, like kind of like or like a uh, almost like a, a psychic barrier of like. Like how Xavier has that kind of like ability where he can detect things at a certain radius, and when things yeah. cross, he knows it's there. He's using the plants to kind of replicate that ability. It's crazy. But then they also have like a psychic barrier that Gene runs that on. The atmosphere detector is pretty cool with the pollen too. That like I picture like sunflower or uh, what are they like? What dandelion or uh, what's that dandelions? That's that one with the little like white like little follicles that kind of blow off into the wind and stuff. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, dandelion. Yeah, yeah. So it's like he's using those kind of things and like wielding it in such a unique way that he has this like really elaborate security system. I'm kind of impressed in how they're they're flushing out like Tom's powers. Like he, they're taking him to a level yeah. where he he's not just able to wield the plants in a way he's able to utilize them to upgrade just normal concepts. I mean, these organic objects are functioning on a level that technology usually would, but he's replicating it with ease through his own nervous system. 
Yeah, so specifically he could transmit and translate neural intelligence into plant intelligence. So so he could communicate with plants, more yeah. or less. So he yeah, could they, any, not only could he communicate, but he could like almost create like a organized system in place. It kind of gave him a swamp thing boost. Like he, he used to be just like he could channel energy through wood, and then he got yeah. wood put in his body, and then he could channel energy through his body. But then like I think it was like, uh, not not too long ago, they just gave. Or I, I can't remember. It might have even been longer, but they eventually gave him like a huge upgrade where he just turned into Swamp Thing. Like he's got all those powers. Like it seems like every unique ability you can use the plants for and wield. Like Black Tom can do that. Yes. What are we going with space plants? Think about that. Space. Ooh. Okay. That'd be interesting. Maybe he would be able to decipher language. Information and like certain space pants have crazy abilities. Oh, yeah. Or he wants in like some sort of weird celestial god life tree and he just taps into it and he's like, I am immortal. (laughs) (laughs) The strongest person in the Marvel Universe in the end wasn't Franklin Richards, it was Black Tom Cassidy. (laughs) 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 To me, my Galactic. (laughs) To me, my Galactic. Good times. Um, so Cassidy, we're met with Cassidy, and he's just hanging out on his, like, ivy throne of just, like, vines Beautiful. and whatnot. Yeah. And it's awesome. It's, the artwork is amazing. Like, yeah, just, how like, he's the, melding with the background and, like, kind of yeah. just fluid with, like, his surroundings. Oh, yeah. Great. Oh, yeah. It feels so ingrained and, like, and, like lively. And uh, he's like, yo, what's going on? I feel something coming. <laughs> he's just like, oh, no, I feel something tingling. Who stepping through the who's, who's, coming, <laughs> who's coming through here? <laughs> and we, some mutants are looking out on the beach, and it's all like, yo, I think, I, think, I think we could trust these people. And we cut to, and we find out that it is the marauders coming back from a mission. Yeah, the, fucking, the scurvy marauders coming the back from the high seas. Those swashbuckling peoples. With their weird freaking skull logo still there. On, even when they say it, it's Kitty yeah. Pride and her marauder. The pirates with good branding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they got good marketing. Yeah, they got a hell great of a marketing. marketing, man. Yeah, you should see their Twitter ad revenue. It's great. Oh, <sighs> Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but look at him! Like my top is like I will go to like set the pier for them, and he like reshapes yeah. the water around them, like literally brings up the island and creates like a makeshift <clears throat> pier, like a dock, you know? yeah, yeah, like a dock slash pier kind of situation for them to like like set land to. But look yeah. when he punches the ground, <laughs> it's <just> yeah, douche, <laughs> douche. It's great. It's so like dramatic too. I'm pretty sure he could have done that without having to like jump up and punch the ground. But I mean, he wanted to look classy. I mean, he's sure. going on his own back there. So I he's, get it. He's starting to get a bit of a Namor vibe. He is. He's getting a little cocky, a little pompous. <laughs> yeah. He, he doesn't have that. He's not at that level yet. There's la- there's layers to this. There's levels to this, bro. You gotta wait. You gotta wait your turn. Yeah. Maybe like in twenty years. Mm-hmm. Marvel, Marvel writing, you'll get there. <laughs> um, but they dock, they dock on the plant dock thing, pier thing, and uh, Jean Grey comes up, and she's like, "Yo," and um, iconic looking too. Like she feels like she's oh, just yeah. this beacon of the old school X Men. Like she's like this ode to their history and the classic X Men, and that's what I feel uh-huh. like. Is her whole like design purpose? Like they totally do Jean like that, just so you could feel like she is the embodiment of the original X Men idea. And I didn't really get that until I read this issue, and I was like looking at her, and I was like, oh, I really see what they're doing there. They're not just throwing back for like you know the fans is like a fun nod. Like that, there's a symbolism in that kind of design. 
Yes. That I really see is is like like she's almost like a messiah. Like look how she's floating down like fucking Jesus. Like <laughs> she's like straight up. And she senses the whole situation in a different way too because Black Tom knew someone was coming that he doesn't know about like who who it is. Jean already knew. Like she was already way on it. She's like it's it's you know Kitty, but there's something more unique. She sensed something else there, like something sad. That's what we're going into right now. Something sad. Yes. Yeah, so uh so Jean approaches uh, Kitty, and they talk about the refugees for a second. They brought some refugees back. So remember from the Russia, Mar- yeah. Yes, the Marauders from Russia. Remember the Marauders. From Russia uh, with love. <laughs> <laughs> their 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 goal is not only to supply other countries with Krakowin, uh medicine and goods and flowers and whatnot. Uh, but it's also to supply Wolverine with booze. <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's also clearly it's for Wolverine's whiskey, his booze, his steaks, um, and also to smuggle back some a couple of mutants. And uh, on this trip, they're met with someone uh, a familiar face. It's been a while. It's been a couple, uh, like a year and a half since we've seen this character. Down and out. Been down and out. Who 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 met with Danny? We were met with the Great Colossus. Yes, Sultan of SWAT. We made with fucking like Peter here. He's coming. Rasputin is back, and he is thrashed. He is all beat up. He looks like he had like a tussle with like Magneto, or it was like him and like the end of Days of Future Past when like the oh, yeah. Sentinels are overtaking him and they like bend him all back and melt him. Oh man. You can see inside his knee, like there's literally like a hole popping out right Straight there. Straight up a hole in yeah. his knee. It's it's yeah. beautiful, beautiful artwork. Like you really get the anguish of like he is a beaten, battered, and destroyed man. Yeah. Yeah. Who was actually in Russia the whole time? This was the part because see, like the Marauders are like the the kind of like the go to for people who can't get out of the country, people who yeah. want to get to Krakoa but they can't get to the to the teleporters or tell the locations that allow them to get there. So marauders go in and they bring them out. But Colossus was their inside guy. He had been in Russia for a while trying to like recover mutants. He's behind enemy lines, like doing shit in like in espionage ways and like special types of like little, just like running gun types missions. It did not work out. <laughs> it did not work out. This is uh, what we, we find out. This is what uh, he's been doing this whole time since his, uh, his Batman moment with Kitty. Yeah, the whole marriage fallout. The that whole fast. marriage fallout. Yeah. So I tell you, I stay away from those comics. They're they're worse than the so and so gets dead comics. Like it's just like no, right. I don't want to read your marriage comic. This is really weird. The marriage just, probably won't even matter in like two issues. So <laughs> like they, and all that. of them did. Yeah. Batman did this. This did it. The only one that seemed to stick was like, uh, Kate. Well, not no, Kate, Gambit and Rogue were the only one that seemed to stick. But I mean. She's like a tree vortex now, and he's like distraught. So <laughs> we'll see where that marriage goes. <laughs> we shall see. We shall see. But we uh, move on after we after we're met with Colossus. We're cut quickly to uh, a memo from the desk of Charles Xavier. Um, official response to non-treaty nations. Uh, I'm going to read this. Real quick. All those who have not yet signed the treaty acknowledging mutant sovereignty will be treated publicly as future allies who have not yet realized the benefits of the agreement. Firm but firmly diplomatic efforts will continue. This will include weekly phone calls and monthly visits from Krakow emissaries. Emissaries, I can say words, educational (laughs) propaganda, blasts via radio, television, and internet, and invitations of politicians via, uh, and uh, business leaders to mutant-sponsored events in allied territories. Um, And it goes on, punitive measures will be mostly indirect, including increased tariffs from the United States and China. I wonder why they have to pay more. More taxes? GDP? I guess. Like, I guess they could get they get more out of it. So they're kind of playing more hardball where they can get the most bang for their buck. Yeah. Getting all that cash. 
All of this assumes a stance of friendly disagreement, but any openly hostile behavior toward mutant kind will be subject to an immediate tactile response, pending discussion and approval from the Quiet Council. So this is setting up pretty much like this is their this is their secret forces. This is their Ambu ninjas right here. Yeah. Is, we're not fucking around. These are this is the the X Force team like narrative like that's something that seems like X Force would be tied to. Yeah, and this is very very keen to like what they are representative of, which is like we we stab people, we don't this, we don't give a fuck. This hits pretty close to home though when you think about it though, like especially with the like the tariffs being increased between United States and China. Like I, yeah, I think we're at a pretty. Uh, I guess you could say tumultuous time for like relations between like what the perception of the United States and what the perception of China is on a global scale. So that's definitely interesting that this is like kind of touching to that vein already as like the world around us kind of deals with a similar concept. I was like, Oh, that's, I like that. I like that little nod. Like you're getting a little topical, but also still keeping it relevant and how it fits to like how Krakoa would deal with that kind of paradigm as we, as a real society would to in turn as well. It's kind of like almost what's going on with China and Hong Kong, if you think about it. Yes, that's what it feels like. That's what it's like. That kind of level <laughs> of, uh, I guess you could say, like irony to it. Like it's a level of or coincidental, <laughs> like nonsense, if you will. It's almost like oh, you could see what Krakoa represents, like that kind of Hong Kong like level of of uh, destitute. Sure. Um, so you want to hear the? That was the official response, but yeah. you ready for? That's the, on the record. <laughs> yeah, on the record, but off the record. You ready for the off the record? Yeah, do it. <laughs> Any attempts by? Yeah, let's do it. Any attempts by non-treaty nations to secure back-channel conduits for crackling medicine will be arranged through the Black King and the Hellfire Trading Company. Failure to work with the Black King will result in, intimida- in intimidation at his discretion, followed by covert punitive measures. Mutant operative cells will work to undermine the current administration. For now, their primary focus will be the extraction of all mutants currently forbidden from crossing the border and joining their mother nation of Krakoa. In Russia, this effort includes Colossus, Couture, Peter, and uh, Rasputin. Mother Krakoa. (laughs) (laughs) Mother nation of Krakoa. (laughs) In mother Russia. It's interesting that that they, they were so, like, blatant about, like, the back end dealing of the, 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 the whole black market concept of it and like just the route they're going to go is like, okay, you know, we'll won't be obvious about it, but we are uh-huh. still going to do dirty dealings with like the whole pharmaceutical like end of it. He's going full breaking bad with this shit. And I love it. I love it. How he like, and he, and he fucking contracted it out to fucking <laughs> Sebastian Shaw of all people for of intimidation and distribution people. tactics. Ah, this is fun. This is shaping up to be something else, but it's definitely something fun. And, it's fun. I'm excited. And- and look at there's Colossus's little blurb about like what he's been up to. He's been like doing secret espionage, fucking James Bond style missions in Russia for Charles. Yeah, and he fucked up. <laughs> fucked up. Fucked up. Now you got a hole in your knee. Yep. You had to fucking cart his ass out of there. <laughs> Send in the one one man wrecking crew, Kitty Pride. <laughs> well, I mean, she always comes complimentary uh, with Lockjaw, but I mean, that's that's given. Yeah. Um, but we're met with uh, we're going to Seoul Airport and we're hanging out in the terminal and we're met with uh, Sage, right? Oh wait, I said Lockjaw. Lockheed. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Lockjaw. I was like, oh, Lockjaw would be a whole different yeah, yeah. story. That would be weird, Kitty Pride and Lockjaw. Weird, but yeah. Right? Now we're in this weird airport. It's starting to get, it's getting a little more real because now we're getting into like so, the beginning of some sort of hijacking situation in an airplane. <laughs> right. I'm like, oh, right. This is, this is definitely an X-Force issue. They are getting, they are not stepping away from any topics. No, not at all. And uh, yeah, we're hanging out at the airport. We're seeing like something go down. Like we're, we see some suspect people, if you will. <laughs> And uh, and 
Xavier's communicating with Sage. And uh, Sage is talking about how they lost contact with uh, Domino um, at the moment. And uh, she's gone black, essentially. Like She's gone black, yeah. They can't get any communication with her. And it seems like in the airport they were trying to hint at, like, these two characters have, like, some sort of history or they know each other in some way. And then it's right. like, it seems to be there's like there's like something building up with the plot of this plane. Like there's there's all this weird foreshadowing going on with like what the pastors are talking about and how these these particular people are acting. But I mean, Charles doesn't have any time for that. He has a he has a gala to attend. He has a fucking yeah. ball to fucking just roll into via the fucking Krakoa portal that's just there. <laughs> right. He just strolls right in, and they're like, "Oh, Charles, what's up?" <laughs> Just straight up. So he goes to the portal, and he's in Sokovia. And he's like, yo, what's up? I'm here. Honor me, bitch. What's going on, Sokovia? Sorry you had to get dropped on things. <laughs> right? Sorry. <laughs> Sorry we tried to turn you into an asteroid. Yeah. I had. Uh, but he's hanging out. You know, he's having a good time. He's drinking a little bit of champagne. He's schmoozing. He's schmoozing a little bit, and we're met with, um, what's, I always forget this guy's name. The healer. Uh, the healer, yes, there we go. The healer. He's literally called the healer. They want, they want fucking just simple with him. They were like, you're called the healer. You heal. <laughs> heal things. What do you do? I'm a healer. What do you want to be called? Oh, well, you know, I heal things. Hmm. Yeah, I guess we'll call you healer. Makes I think it's like a Claremont creation. I can't remember for sure. He is he's very he is very low key in like the X Men mythos. Like literally, I think from the wiki page I peeked at, he was in like two stories. <laughs> he wasn't even the main character. <laughs> I could be wrong, but I, I think that's what what his whole deal is. But yeah, he's there on to there's he's their go to medic for the the whole island of Krakoa. He's the doctor, the pediatrician, dermatologist. He's got it all down. <laughs> <laughs> It's a good gig. Like a monopoly. He's like pretty much anyone who has any like little bit of medical skill in like a zombie apocalypse movie. There's just the everything for like like a doctor. Like, oh, they'll come across like, oh, you're a veterinarian? Okay, cool. You're going to be our go-to for all medical things. <laughs> Give birth to this child. <laughs> so, yeah, he's got a weird role there. But it seems like it, that's all he's ever really going to be used for this. I don't think they have any like greater plans for him throughout the story. He's just going to be their medic. Right. Um, but he's with Jean Grey, and they're met with... Uh, they're just reading the minds of this uh, soft, soft-bod colossus. Uh, yeah. That's what I call him, soft-bod colossus. He doesn't have that metal hard-bod yet, you know, that... That rock hard, you know. <laughs> He's in soft spot form. Yeah. Well, it looks like they healed him up pretty good, and the hole seems to be gone in his leg. But then they're yeah. like, they're like literally just like, oh, well, you know, we can fix him, but we can't fix his sad. <laughs> 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 and he looks so brooding in that final right. panel. He's just like, <laughs> what so I stared at you, the cover right. He's, He's, just, He's like, oh. just staring. He's staring through you. He's not staring at me at all. He's staring through me, through my house, through LA, <laughs> through, LA through the mountains. Into space. <laughs> yeah. It was kind of gritty, though, in that panel before that, though, where it was uh, like him carrying the children, and you just wonder, like, oh, man, how many of those kids did he not save? <laughs> right? He just they, picks... There was not that many kids on the boat with him, that's for sure. <laughs> not at all. But uh makes sense. A lot of holes in his body. He's just picking up refugees and and using his body as a shield that's i feel he should be a little bit more tactical by this point yeah he was just like i'm just gonna run in front of the bullets you people run in front of me this <laughs> 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 is how i'll get you out of here <laughs> just like a tank and an army following him, just like right. shooting past him he's like why isn't this working as well <laughs> But um, after that, we cut to uh, back on the airplane, which seems to be taken over by this group. 
we cut to September 11th. What's happening in here? Oh my Straight god! <laughs> we go, we go 9/11 hard up in this bitch, but with more muscles. Yeah, with more muscles intact, I guess, and more cyborg body parts and more yeah. Domino body parts. <laughs> and uh, they take over the plane, but then they bail quickly. They're all like, "All right, we took it over." But we just took it over because you're kind of flying over airspace that we need to be over. So peace. And they hop out. And this pretty cool panel. You got this pretty uh, epic panel where they're just leaving these people. Like, they got like a Top Gun, like kind of like movie feel of just like fucking, fucking diving out of the plane, posing at the same time. <laughs> right. But I imagine they blasted that door open to get out there to the yeah. plane. So they, they fucked up the cabin pressure on that plane. Oh, I don't that, think plane's that, dead. that plane's fucked, right? I thought that was the plane on fire in the next panel, but then I realized it was them. <laughs> but I was <laughs> <laughs> the plane just bursting. It wasn't entering the atmosphere. Like, did they blow up the plane when they bounced out? But like, Still, like, everyone's, like, subdued, so I don't know what's going on. It seems kind of like those people are fucked. But, yeah, we're getting a halo jump right now, and they're halo jumping straight to Krakoa. And uh, we see my friend uh, Black Tom Cassidy with BTCs, I'm going to start calling them. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Uh, 2020, the year of BTC. <laughs> the year of BTC, come on. Um, so he's the first one. Um, Who realized something's up, but he literally straight sees the shit. He's just yeah, like, he's just looking out into the distance. <laughs> he's like, what's that glowing light? Right? Uh, I still don't understand. Why are they glowing? Like, that's another thing, too, is even though it's not, it made sense if it was the plane, if it was like on fire, but then I'm like, oh, it's them, but like, why are they glowing? <laughs> are they going through the atmosphere? I didn't think they were that high up. Right? And if they're going mm. through the atmosphere, they should be burning to death. <clears throat> Maybe it's... Yeah, exactly. Well, they're augmented, though, remember? Right. If they're here... Oh, right. If there should be... Okay. Yeah. Um, but as they're halo jumping, the, we come back to Sage, and Sage is still worried about Domino. When she picks up that she's back, she's like, wait, Domino's back. Right. And, and, and it uh, makes no sense because the, the the people who are entering the island now, none of them are Domino. But right. she's clearly picking up Domino's life signs from those people. Right. So they took the odds are these these people took that blood. They went down on that blood ritual and they're like, yeah. take your blood, son. Um, so that gives you an idea of on what level they're tracking these mutants that Xavier's yeah. kind of tracking these mutants that if you could take the blood, you could replicate their GPS, their, their location pretty much. Right. Well, you replicate their DNA signature because due yeah. to the Krakoan like recovery system, they have like that DNA database that Sinister was working on. So because of that, they're allowed to pick up on anyone's actual DNA like signature when they enter the Island, or at least when they enter the perimeter of what the Island can Right. They're, they're, I guess you could say defenses. Yes, exactly. At least Charles is rolling in from like fucking Sokovia, like a fucking drunk. It looked like he was kind of drunk, like he's partying, like waving to everyone. He's like, you uh, guys he's have like, a great uh, time. Yeah, get out of here. You silly fools. Get out of here. ETC's rolling up on him, like, get down. <laughs> right? This is just like. Roger, attack. <laughs> yeah. And he's just like, yo, we need to get out of here. Things are about to go off. You don't understand. And Xavier's just all like, you know. Hubris. It hit him. Um, yeah. It did. It really did. He's chilling. He's chilling this whole time. He's not worried. He's not stressing. Well, he says the place is like, it's like the way he talks about Krakoa and, and how like untouchable he feels. He's like, this place is our fortress. It is our home. And it's like that stuff that Moira talked about, about how he has kind of a god complex. It's really coming out here in these panels. Like, But maybe there's a greater reason to that. Like Xavier in this current arc always seems to have a plan. Like he always seems to have a backup plan. Or he always seems to have like a greater scheme that's running underneath his main like plan that's going on. So what, what goes down in all of this and how this all works seems like it might have been something he wanted to happen. Unless it's like, oh shit. But right. we'll find out. <laughs> 
We shall find out. But as this is happening, we're met with like a, a lady who gets a laser. Well, who is this? who is this? I don't know who this person is. The blue person with the laser over her forehead. I'm not familiar with this character. It seems like she has some ability to create like a flower f- out of fire, and she gives it to Xavier. Is that the same person? No, no. I think that's the person next to the blue person. The green. Oh, the the kid. Oh, you're okay. Okay, you're talking about the mom who gets murked. Yeah, the one. Yeah, because there's that final panel when like the kid's like, the person who gave the the weird fire flower to Xavier, um, was the one whose mother gets murked. The blue person. Yeah, because they're like the person saying "mama" was that person that gave that little little Mm -hmm. gift to Xavier. And that was quick too. It was like right in front of like you see Charles in the background too. Like these people right there in the front, staring like at each other, like all happy and like a family. And then all of a sudden, there's this little reticle la- laser right on the lady's forehead, and She's then re- blood splatter. And then bam! She was, is. This is X Force comic. Did you forget? <laughs> Don't forget, motherfucker! Headshot, bitch! Like, look at that panel, holding the hand still as the pool of blood forms at the feet <clears throat> of the child. Yeah, and then BTC is like, "Get down!" I said, "Come on, Charles, (laughs) get it together." And uh, but yeah, he's BTC's just like, "Yo, we need to get out of here. You you need to stop this shit. You need to get the fuck out of here." And there's a sound effect above him that's Buddha Buddha. I don't know what that sound effect is supposed to be replicating. Yeah, I don't understand. Yeah, Buddha Buddha. Maybe like the, like the oh you know what it is it's supposed to be the sounds of the the muzzle fire going off like boop 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 okay. like that's like a gun but it it's just kind of it's a funny one see the kakum one that's like a classic or like a kaboom all that kind of stuff but yeah that was definitely first time I'd seen something kind of like that but yeah these people are murking everyone like in in Krakoa like look at that. is that. Is that Caliban getting murked right there? Like, I just not realized that. At That's fucking Caliban. Yeah. At the bottom. Bo- yeah. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> again. Kill he's dead again. But yeah, everyone just he's just like run, oh. run, and everyone's just kind of like no, and like well, Green's we- freaking out. He's freaking out. Gene's freaking out. freaking out. Sage is freaking out. Oh. And uh, you at, at first after all those three, I thought the next panel was gonna be the uh, Kool Aid Man going, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> dude look at that crew though that hit crew is a, right? like straight out of the 90s x-force comics look at those shoulder pads look, look at those boots those. look at those tiny feet <laughs> look at those tiny feet <laughs> let me see them pouches look at those pouches that one, that one bitch right there's got like at least yeah he's got count. he's got a bunch one two three four five yeah that one chick's got five pouches i can count right on the front there and like the most '90s looking like sunglasses you could ever own. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the cable shoulder pads. God damn it. <laughs> Gotta love it. Um, but uh, we go and uh, essentially Xavier's on the run now. He's just like, all right, I'm out of here. Uh, Black Tom Cassidy is like. Controlling some worms or something. What is he doing? He's like, uh, I don't, I think that was, uh, more of like roots and stuff. Like, so what he's doing is he's like uprooting like a lot of the trees and using them as like actual projectiles and weapons to like just crush and obliterate all the, all those like uh, strike force members. And he's wrecking them. He says, You came here to fight. You came here to fight? Oh my goodness. Well, let me give you a fight. He literally is talking shit to them now. He's like, you're not just fighting Black, Black Tom. Tom. Yeah, this is you're fighting line. the whole teeth and claws of the goddamn... And the fucking genitals. Yeah. All the, the genitals. genitals. He literally the genitals. says the genitals of genitals. Yeah. He literally says that. Like, that's not ad-libbing or hyper- being hyperbolic. That's Black Tom saying, like, take the balls of Krakoa in your face. <laughs> Uh, and then Charles yeah. has a bit of a panic attack, which is kind of interesting because I'm like, all right, well, if he's not, if this isn't something he set up, then oh, him having a panic attack was kind of interesting. Right. And then Wolverine starts doing his thing, and that gets kind of grimy. But we have a nice little, like, reprave against uh, him and Beast because then Beast saves him while Wolverine's getting yeah. lit up. 
But I mean, Wolverine was like, I, I probably had it. Like, you know, I was just going to get up and kill them anyway. It's like, they only yeah. shot me twice. Like, whatever. <laughs> good, good job, Beast. Thanks, Beast. Yeah, even bloodied his hand, too. Like, he got a nice little, like, got a nice little shot there at the bottom where he's got that bloody hand. He just murked that person, like, fucking just ripped their heart out or something. <laughs> I'll eat your heart out. <laughs> I'll eat you. He, like, puts his glasses away. That'd be funny. And then Gene's weird telekinetic yes. movement. What's that about? Like, I've never seen hey. a fly like that. Normally, there's no, like, actual visual to her flight. It's always, like, why is it manifesting? Like, is she using so much telekinetic force that it's, like, hey. manifesting so everyone could see it? She broke the psychic barrier. And look at that. Look at that shot of Wolverine. <laughs> He's just looking at her <laughs> <scared>. <laughs> He's looking right up her stomach. Beast. They're both locked with her skirt. It's so weird. I I think that's my mistake, or I don't know, but that's oh. Even they're like, <laughs> not even that. They're like looking up, and she's already like flown past them. Yeah, so they're, like, saying, looking, they're looking at her lower torso. Looking, like. They're mad. They're looking at her knees. Not even that. Yeah. I guess you're right. <laughs> it's even lower. It's that. even lower than that. Yeah. It's a jeans. I know those knees. Right? Look at the knees. Uh, mm, those are the good knees. Yeah. <laughs> then we get some more Black Tom, like, doing his thing, like, really just letting loose oh, and, yeah. like, having he's, fun. He's, he's just getting down. and oh, Look at that center panel. Whew. Right? Coming out of those it's roots, are, like, coming out of the mouth and just... Oh, yeah. my. Just destroyed this person with foliage. Yeah. <laughs> Kale, it's the super fruit. Or super vegetable. <laughs> the super food. Oh, jeez. But then we see uh, Wolverine, Jean Grey, and Beast rush to the scene. But as we see... It's like a uh, scene at the end of Heat. Right? Between, like, Al Pacino kind of, and Robert De Niro. They're yeah. Like, the dude's standing there, and he's like, he's like, just take it easy, man. Don't shoot me. <laughs> Charles' hands is up, but... Uh, Oh, yeah, wow. his hands are up. We see a soldier. His he's he's hesitantly holding a gun towards Xavier, and we just see the faces of Beast. We see the face of Wolverine, and we see the face of Jean Grey, and they're just kind of frightened. And we see the giant, uh, blank, Blam. and Wolverine, right over their faces. Yeah, yeah. Wolverine goes savage on this guy. Right, yeah. we're not even seeing what we don't even see what happens to the Blam. First off, we just see Wolverine's yeah. kind of like reaction. Right, yeah, this is happening, and it's savage. But it's like they already are telling him like, "Stop, Logan!" Like before the guy's like turning around, and you could see Wolverine in the visor just covered at him. That's so fucking awesome. Right? That nice little reflection of just his face, like flying at the dude doing his Wolverine lunge. Mm. The beast is on top of him quick because he's like, "We need him alive." <laughs> yeah, it's like we need to don't kill him. He needs to talk. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then Sage just picked up on what's going on because she's like, "Uh oh, something's yeah. up. She's losing it." Black yeah. Tom's crestfallen because he's figured it out too. Because we cut to his scene and he's wrecked havoc. He looks yeah. broken though. I mean, he he defeated them like outright, but he he definitely looks like he feels like he failed. Which is yeah. an interesting side. It's a very they're they're putting a lot of emotion and character into Black Tone. They're writing everything. Right? I've never seen BT, a written like this before. BTC. <laughs> BTC for the win, man. Yeah. Oh. Black oh, Tom Cassidy. But yeah, everyone's just having their moment where it's just like it can't be. It's not it's like an anime. It's just like everyone's just like, it's not possible. It can't be. <gasps> and <laughs> not <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and and we get gas and we, we see BTC so sad and and cut to an angry bloody Wolverine. Who is he talking to, by the way? Where he's like, he says, "Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm. Tell me Crackle is wrong." Like, is he talking to Sage? Ah, uh, yes. Is yes. He talking he's to... I think he's either talking. To... No, he's talking to Gene. Is Gene, Gene psychically connected to all of them right now? So gotcha. Gene... 
So when they, she's a psychic uh, defense system. So once uh, Krakow was infiltrated and put on alert, she connected to all like the the structures. Because remember, back in like what was it, House or Powers, where they just explain yes. the communication and the the network and all the compartmentalization of Krakoa. So Jean's whole job was to unify all of them so they could understand it. And they've actually done a real good job of, like, flushing that out. Like, I, yeah. I'm actually starting to realize that they're actually really, especially with Black Tom being the defense and, like, how Sage works. Like, that's it seems like it's really working. And, of course, Who Beast is there. But, yeah. yeah. And Beast is there. But he never really seems like he's playing his part either. <laughs> he's the one that doesn't seem like he's fitting as well. But, I mean, you know. He's been out of place for so long. He ripped that dude's heart out, so I'll give him a nod. Yeah. Beast needs to, like... Experiment. Give him some experimentations. But um, Beast aside, we're cut after everyone gasps. They have their nanny moment. Uh, we cut to a shattered, broken cerebro, and we are to assume our man, my man, mutant hero Charles Xavier is down. Charles Xavier. <gasps> is- Dead gasp. This is a nanny moment. Nanny bullet hole right through the center of like I, I mean they destroyed and they destroyed Cerebro, but the there's a nice bullet hole just sitting right in the center of it too. Like that's I like that they left that in there. Like it didn't shatter the whole cerebro. Like it just shattered the top part, but then still yeah. has that little bullet hole outline and then the bloody hand like underneath it. But it's like, oh no, they killed Charles Xavier in an X-Men comic. What does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? And luckily, on an they, island where they can regenerate people. Yeah, it's been established that this isn't a problem. Which yeah. is, which is so, so immediately, I'm not like I'm I'm shocked I'm shocked at the fact that they're doing it soon. But yeah. I'm not shocked at the fact that they killed them. I'm just not like, oh my gosh, what is the weight of this? I'm more of like, all right, what is this going to play as a plot device to the greater story? Like, what, exactly. what's Charles? Ex- I think this is Charles's plan. I think he was pushing sure. it. I think oh, yeah. he set this all up. I think they might have. You think I, so? You think they, he's setting it up to like, uh, like uh, what are those called? Uh, where you, uh, they did this during the, uh, that uh, those rallies we used to have against like 99%. Um, where people oh. would go in and cause chaos to incite violence to then give the police a reason to arrest people. Yes. They're or like harbingers. Uh, yeah. Remember in the Grapes of Wrath where like the, the people lived on that little like the, like the, the homeless families and like the displaced families. They yeah. lived in that weird little commune by the government and they'd have their parties to dance. And then what they would happen is like the local police would send people in and they'd rile up the parties and start a fight. And that would allow the police to come in and bust up all the people and like assault them and stuff. So, yeah. Like, this could be one of those. It could be like like a false flag kind of operation. Like that yeah. feels definitely like it might be Charles playing a greater role. They really feel like they're kind of designing him to feel a little bit like the maker. He's got that God oh, complex. He's a got little that bit, design. Yeah. He looks like the maker with his helmet. Like Hickman has a little bit of ties to writing like the ultimates and then like an involvement with like some of that kind of stuff. So I don't know. I don't know if that might be a red herring I'm picking up on or like he's putting down on purpose. But uh, Who knows? this definitely intrigued me instead of making me angry where I mean, they never even pitched it. Like, of course, I got a bunch of, like, spam from, like, CB and, like, CBR and all those comic red uh, yeah. websites. Like, Ooh, guess what big X-Men character they killed off this week? Oh, my God. Yeah. It's Xavier. And I'm like, no, that's not that's not news. That's that's something else. You guys are taking away from it the wrong information. Yeah. It's, yeah. If, they, if, if any of them understood how the current X-Men comics actually worked, like, people getting killed off is not, like, a, not a problem. That's, that story trope has been removed, and the Hickman created that device to kind of, like, kind of suss that away and get it out, so we don't have to lean on it or, wor- or like hang yeah. on the story. Exactly. And, and, and they've already, and, and they've already, I'm, I mean, spoilers, they've already resolved it. <laughs> like in the, in, in just a few like issues, they, it's, it's resolved. <laughs> yeah. So Hickman's not kidding when it comes to like this is this shouldn't matter. We're not making deaths an important like pivotal story moment. Yeah. That's it's, not your whole story anymore. Like yeah. that would be the whole story sometimes in some of these comics. Like that's it. All we're writing here is a death comic and it's always gonna be poorly executed and overwritten in like weeks. Right. Literally weeks. Literally, yeah. Um, the term I was thinking of is called agent provocateur. Ooh. Are these people who go in and kind of incite and rally violence? 
Um, yes. Um, so possibly this could be all Xavier's doing, but for now we're left with a beaten and broken uh, group of mutants and a dead Xavier. And that concludes this issue of X-Force. What did you think of this issue? This X-Force was great because it had something for all the X-Force fans over the years. It felt like it had a nod to the 90s X-Force, to the 2000s X-Force, and even the newer X-Force of, of like the last teens. But overall, it, it still felt like one narrative. That's the great part, is that it touched on all of those kind of old themes and old characters, but it all felt organic and flowed together. They didn't fight for each other's position in the story. They all connected in one coherent story. And yeah. it definitely had a good flow, and it was fun. All the stuff with Black Tom was great, but BTC is killing it. BTC, and I man. think, I think, I think if they keep making characters uh, come across like that, written well, uh, well rounded and well versed, and just kind of unique to not only their own origins but kind of playing on uh, like the mythos around them, then I think we'll keep getting good stories like this. But for an X Force issue overall, it was phenomenal. It, it, I had all the stuff it loved from the older ones, and it also kind of moved this whole greater House of X and Powers of X story to a very pivotal like paradigm shift about just like shedding off the woes of the dead character trope. And, and we're now going to experience the world of X-Men moving forward in the reality of this. But, I mean, good God, like, Charles Xavier dying and coming back is, is like, almost like that in itself is, like, classic X-Men, too. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a classic X-Men storyline. The Phoenix is back. Xavier's dead. Everything is as it should be. <laughs> 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 oh, man. But I had a great time. Like, I really like this. This is great. And I'm, I'm excited to uh, read the next, uh, you know, X-Force issues and, like, more, sure. of, the, more of the greater Dawn of X uh, story arc. And I, I really liked it, but what's your takeaway from this? Like, what's what what does this comic kind of like feel to you? I definitely dug like the entire like BTC defense systems that they kind of ex- expanded on a little bit. Oh, yeah. um, seeing a like dark, uh, not dark, but uh, like it just kind of a dead, uh, very dead inside uh, Peter, very dead inside Colossus, just so beaten and broken. That was interesting, especially after not seeing them for so long. And especially after that mustache he used to rock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you remember that? Yeah, that's yeah. why I stopped reading X-Force. Oh. But they were like showing the new X-Force lineup after Avengers vs. X-Men. That's when I was like, I'm getting out of this. And they showed X-Force, and they're like, Cable's back. And I'm like, well, I didn't really like that X-Force. I like the X-Force with Wolverine. And they're like, but Colossus is here, and his mustache is iron. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Metal mustache? Like, all right. <laughs> But yeah, he was done. They 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 did a number on Colossus. He got wrecked in this. That shit was awesome. <laughs> the the Iron Titan got broken down. Sage kind of feels like uh, um, Sigourney Weaver in uh, Galaxy Quest, where she's just kind of like the thing to tell the other oh, person the thing. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she is kind of like just a, like a placeholder for like a prop transition for like the scene and the communicating the information. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Galaxy Quest is a great movie. That's the best Star Trek movie ever made. Best Star Trek movie ever made, people. Galaxy Quest. Watch by it. Far. So good. Tim Allen, he'll surprise you. <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> um, but yeah, that'll that's that's. That was good. That was a good one. That's a good introduction to X-Force. Just it gets into the nitty-gritty really quickly. It's just like, all right, here it is. This is what's happening. This is going down. No time to talk. Yeah, for this and Excalibur have both been my favorite so far of the like the okay. series, like the focus. Marauders would be like a strong third or fourth, maybe. Originally, the X-Men one, that's kind of... I don't know. That one feels more like it's a bigger so, plot. So, so weird, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, there, there's a lot more going on there for me to really like lean on that one as like the one I liked. But, you know, we'll give that one more time because that one's still building. But, yeah, so far, like X-Force and, and Excalibur have been phenomenal. Yeah, X-Force is great. I'm loving all of this. Excalibur's great. I'm, I'm digging all the mystical stuff. Um, Marauders is on a whole different level. It's so uplifting, and it's so different 
and unique compared to the rest of the series that yes. that I just like I don't even want to compare it. It's just like just seeing Kitty doing her like thing. Her getting like tattoos and like the second issue that I'm I'm jumping ahead, but it's it's she goes she goes kind of buck wild a little bit, which But it works still. It works. Yeah. It works, yeah. Even though it's like it could feel like a solo series in itself, it still fits to the greater narrative. So it doesn't feel like how they were doing with some yeah. of the X-Men in the past where they were stretching them over to Avengers teams and stuff. And they were like, we're going to get an Avengers series uh, with Rogue and like Havoc. And you're just like, what? Instead, it's like, oh, we're going to get Kitty being Kitty doing pirate shit. And this is this is going to be fun. So here you go. Yeah. Um, but all of these titles are titles we've seen before. Um, next week, we are going to be talking about Fallen Angels, which is a completely new title for the X-Men series. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, it's new. It'll be different. So, okay. any last words on X-Force, Danny? No, I'm just real excited to read more X-Force issues uh, and uh, get into some more of the ones later on in the series. And uh, I'm looking forward to jumping into Fallen Angels uh, uh, next time. Uh, that's going to have kind of a similar vibe and theme. So I think that'll tide me over till the next X-Force. So, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited and happy with what we got down on. Super excited. Same here, same here. But catch us next week. Until then, this has been Podcast of X. Remember, we are on Instagram. Send us a voice message if you're listening on Anchor. Uh, subscribe and all that nonsense. And remember, the robots are going to kill you. So live your life, bitch. Get out of here. Go. Peace.